It's the state of Victorian trots racing and the people who drive the sport. You're one out, one back. Yes, welcome to the latest edition of One Out, One Back for Harness Racing Victoria on RSN 927, our country relays, our social media as well. You're with Andrew Cuse. Let's cross to the HRV studios. And this morning, looking after the program, Michael Howard and Blake Redden. Uh, good morning to you both. Yeah, g'day, Andrew. Thanks for having us in. Of course, it's a big week of uh, harness racing in Victoria, being the, the Vic Bread Super Series, Blake. So I guess we're going to bring in the big boys just to, to really bring it home, I suppose, on one of those massive weeks of racing. I think this might be your one-out-one-back debut. It, it? it is, Mick. I'm on debut, and you're right. We pitchforked those... Uh, those boys out, Cody uh, Winnell and Toby McKinnon, because we wanted the limelight here. This is the big time. This is Group 1 racing, and I can't wait to talk about the Vic Bread Super Series over Friday and Saturday night. Great agenda ahead as well, of course. We'll be speaking to uh, David Moran, Kieran Manning. We're going to get Patrick Ryan on the phone, and also hopefully Jackie Barker, providing the phone lines are all good to us this morning. But uh, it should be a really good chance for us to have a look at both Friday night's uh, trotting finals and also of course the group ones on Saturday night with the pacing 12 group ones all up so it's just a fantastic weekend of grassroots racing but at a really elite level which is what we love about the Vic Probe. It is it really is it's going to be great to sort of I know in a minute we'll touch on touch on what's been going on uh, over the last week or two and then look forward to uh, all those big races on Saturday and Friday night so um, yeah hopefully we get plenty of insight this morning on one out one back. Yeah let's get a taster before we dive in and start having a chat to David Moran your highlight so far, it's, we've had huge nights of heats leading into the semi-finals, of course, on Saturday night. What was the one moment that really stuck out for you? Well, ironically enough, it, it involved David Moran because seeing Hurricane Harley back to his best, I think, was something that we've been waiting for for a little a little while now. And um, it was this time last year when he was sort of looking invincible and, and he got it all wrong in the Vic Bread final. But he really hit back on semi-final night last weekend because he was uh, as sharp, as dominant, as tough as he's been inside that last 12 months since the Breeders' Crown win. So um, I think he's probably the key highlight. The drive from Gavin Long- laying on out to play was, was obviously spectacular. And um, I just think all the good racing. I love Pistol Abbey. She was, a, again, a really strong winner on semi-final night. So they're probably my highlights. Yours? You've left me one, which I'm, which I'm <laughs> glad with. But uh, there has been many. But the two-year-old boys semi-final I thought was fantastic when Miragon just got off the canvas to uh, pretty much look like his campaign was over. He was the favourite to ha- take out the whole thing. Galloped early. He was gone. He was 30 metres off him and got off the canvas to almost win, but ultimately got pipped by Forever Yin, which in itself is a great story for Blake Jones and Alan Bartley, and is certainly well in the market for to win the final, which would be a huge result for this horse, which was, as a foal, was orphaned, had to be raised out of the bucket, and has still come back to be a really, really good two-year-old, which is a great effort by the team. Well, David Moran is with us on uh, One Out, One Back. He joins you now, Michael. Uh, fantastic. Thanks for, having, uh, thanks for joining us, David, for uh, One Out, One Back. So much to talk about on the agenda. Yeah, no worries, Michael. No, it's, uh, it's very good to be on. Before we tip into the Big Bird Super Series, do you mind if we just touch on what was a, a challenging Sunday for you? Because your great little horse, Lock and Varart, look, you, you put in, a, I thought, a really good drive to give him every chance, but ultimately the doors just closed on you at the end. It must have been a bit of a heartbreaker for you up in Sydney. Yeah, no, it was. It, uh, it was all credit to the winner. It um, couldn't happen to better people, but, uh, yeah, it was a, um, a little bit of a strong day in the end. Probably more for the horse, more than more than for us. He's just such a great little trier, and just seems to not have a not have a great deal of luck throughout his career so far. 
Well, the good thing is the sprint lane will be open at Tabcourt Park Melton on Fridays and Saturday nights, and I think that could have made all the difference for you. We've got a lot to talk about with you for Vic Bread. You're going to have two big nights of racing. Um, we will touch on, in particular, your Emma Stewart drives because we're going to have a chat with Patrick Ryan soon, who is the trainer of a few of your others. But one I might just test with you with for the Patrick Ryan, who's, who's got a few really nice trotters, Dizzy's Jet versus The Best Dream. When you look at those two uh, and sort of work out which one you're going to steer home, why is Dizzy's Jet? Is it primarily the draw? Um, no, not necessarily. I, I sort of left it up to Patrick. Um, she can sort of be a little bit tricky to drive, and I guess I've probably just gotten used to her now. Um, so I think that's I think that's primarily the reason why I'll drive her. The gate, gate seven is probably actually not ideal for her because she... Uh, she can be a little bit tricky early, so being out wide and gate rolling a little bit quicker probably may not suit her 100%, but they're both on par. She's um, probably got a little bit more high speed than the best dream, but, um, but yeah, no, there's a lot between them. David, on Saturday night, you've got uh, you know a number of key drives for Emma Stewart, the first of those lift and talk in the in the four-year-old final. He's obviously drawn horribly, but he's been out of the draw for his last couple of starts and performed oh so well at heat and semi-final level. He's going to need speed on. He's going to need probably rack him up Tiger Pie to go and try and bully three summers. But if they do run along the whole way, he's the kind of horse that in the form he's in, he's going to be a little knockout chance. Yeah, for sure, Blake. He uh, His run last week was exceptional. Well, I know they didn't go that quick off the back, but he sustained a long run and... Um and stuck it right out. So, like you said, I, I think if they run it genuine early, which generally in them races they always do, um, there's a bit of speed there. And like you said, Mick will no doubt be around them at some stage. So if he can get a, a little drag into the race or they run it very solid early, he'll be thereabouts. You've got the favourite in the four-year-old mares in Pistol Abbey. I'll we'll be really interested in how you're going to tackle this one because she can do it both ways, really. We know she's possibly best with the sit, but in this case she's drawn quite nicely, potentially, to, to find the front. How do you attack it? Um, yeah, we'll just take it as it comes, sort of thing. Depends depends on the speed there. She seems to be getting out the gate a lot better now. Um, and like you said, she, she's got to the stage at the moment where she's very versatile. She can... Um, she can do a bit of work in her runs, and, and also she's got a hand up. She's very, very electric off the speed, so she's got a couple of options there, I think. You've sort of picked up the, the drive on her, David, in, in recent times since probably the the Mayor's Triple Crown. Have you had a horse that, that puts their head down like her and you know she's going to give you everything, don't you? Yeah, exactly, yeah. She's got a funny little way of going, but um, she's got a big ticker, and like you said, she just she just keeps trying. She gives her all. She's there for a while she probably wasn't up to quite quite the better mares but she's just she's just acquitted herself really well now over the past three months and and has strengthened up and has still got that speed so she's she's going to be very dangerous in a lot of them mares races to come yeah she enhances her reputation every time she steps out doesn't she pistol abby and the other one blake uh, of course hurricane harley which i know is one of your favorites he is well he's uh he's sort of been a bit of a wild child, really, of uh, over the last 12 months, hasn't he, David? You've again picked up the drive in the last little while since a similar time period with him. And, look, he's won three of his five from you, so he hasn't, or two, uh, two of his four, but he hasn't done heaps wrong. But I think last start was, was really the time where we saw the absolute best of him, and he really did hit back from, from what had been solid form, but not maybe his peak of last season. Yeah, for sure, Blake. He... Um just the last couple of runs, he, he sort of really started to give you that feel that he, he's right on song now, um, which is obviously very good timing, and especially with the draw, it sort of makes things a lot of, a lot easier. He can be a tricky little boss sometimes, but um, 
yeah, the last couple of runs, he, he sort of tightened right up and he's shown he's probably back to his best. Do you go in thinking it should be an all-away win if everything goes to plan? Uh, no, not really. I'm sort of not really one to be overly confident about anything, um, especially not in them sort of races. I think you see out to play Turner Street, he showed at Kilmore and also last week. So, um, you know, if that's the case, he's going to be right on our hammer. So you've got to be pretty cautious, obviously, about that. And then, you know, there's a lot of other nice horses in the race. So I don't think it's just be a procession where he just leads and wins for sure. Um, you know, I think if the right horse turned up, he'd be extremely hard to beat a few different. But, uh, yeah, we won't get too overly confident until we pass the post. Oh, well, you're in the nice team, of course. The Stewart domination's been really impressive from uh, Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin and the team near Ballarat. 23 of their 28 have qualified through to the finals, and they've got five of the six favourite in the finals, which is an extraordinary effort, isn't it, David? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it is for sure. They uh, they put in a lot of time and effort, and they buy and breed the best horses. So um, so I guess, you know, they've, uh, they've done a great job with them, and it's a credit to them, I guess, and... Uh, yeah, it's probably a feat that sort of hadn't happened before. So it's quite amazing, really. Well, David, you've got uh, you've got some key runners on the weekend. We wish you all the, luck, the best of luck. You've been driving in excellent form, so hopefully there's a winner or two on the weekend. Yeah, you know, I hope so, Blake. Thank you very much. Yeah, fantastic to speak to David Moran. He's certainly going to have a huge weekend, not only, of course, the Saturday night with the um, Pacers, but the Friday night with the Trotters as well. And we'll talk more about those soon with uh, Patrick Ryan, but he's going to have three drives there. Dizzy's Jet, the best dream. And also another one that I really like in all the muscles, who all three of those look quite good. Now had a chat with Patrick only uh, yesterday, and he sort of ran me through those. And, look, they're all pretty good chances, I think. In fact, he rated the best dream as possibly slightly ahead, having the edge on Dizzy's Jet, which was quite interesting because the the odds say the other way around. And as we know, um, David said, it'll be quite tricky with Dizzy's Jet drawn outside on the front row. So maybe a little bit of value there with the best dream. But, um, look, next up we'll have a bit of a, a chat with Karen Manning. She's also going to have a huge weekend, both on the Friday and the Saturday night, of course. Aleppo Jewel she's going to be have in the Friday night. And then I look forward to having a bit of a chat with her about three summers. So if you just looked at the last two runs, you'd have it favourite. Oh, indeed. Indeed, he's... Um... Well, he's come off Rack'em Up Tiger Pies back in the in the heat and then led all the way in the semi-final, I think. You know, you could argue that Rack'em Up Tiger Pie was improving through the heat, through the semi-final, and will again improve in the final. But um, three summers have done absolutely nothing wrong, and he sort of added that string to his bow. It's RSN 927's One Out, One Back. And uh, Michael and Blake, Kieran Manning does join us on One Out, One Back now. Great to have you on board, Kez. Thanks for joining in on uh, another chilly, probably morning out your way, I'd say. But uh, you must be looking forward to a couple of big nights of Vic Bread Racing. Yeah, no, it's exciting times. Um, hopefully the weather's kinder than it was last week, but um, it's going to be a good night regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's kick it off with your trotters. We've got, uh, of course, Aleppo Jules going to come out of gate one. It, look, it's one three in a row. It's a beautiful draw for her, but it's always a bit of a fingers crossed job, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's for sure. You know, um, Grant did a good job picking out the number one. Um, we were sure we were going to be due for a bad draw because she's been drawing so good lately and taking good advantage of it. But, um, yeah, it was, was wrapped with the draw, certainly. Um, trotters, you know, they don't always do what you are hoping, but she seems to be in the in the zone of late. She hasn't touched wood, done anything wrong for, for quite a few runs now and uh, is going really well. So the trick will be, I guess, uh, has she got enough gate speed to hold hold the front line out, but she can get out quite good, and um, I'm hoping that'll be the case. 
Karen, she's um she's an interesting filly. I mean, she showed so much ability as a juvenile at two and early in her three-year-old season. She's spent a little bit of time in the wilderness, but this time in the last sort of, as you say, five or six runs, she's uh, she's really built to a peak and, and she's just in the zone right now. Yes, she is. She certainly was a, a headache for all involved. She, she, it's a bit in the breed. Um, the owner was sort of uh, used to that sort of thing and, and eventually they usually come good. Uh, she's certainly done that of, of late. She, like I said, she either used to gallop out, run last, or she'd trot and she'd win. So she was, uh, yeah, very hard to deal with, but she was so, you know, when she did go good, you know, she was very pleasing. So it's good to see now that she, she's doing what she showed the potential she could be. Karen, uh, just before we move on to Saturday night, I have a very quick question. I don't want to, um, don't want to ask any inappropriate questions. But hypothetically, if Dublin Chubb did get a run in the two-year-old Silver Trot, he's the emergency. Would you drive him? He's got so much ability. He's probably, um, if he trotted, he would have been in the final, and he's the emergency there. Would you, uh, would you consider changing who you're down to drive if he got a run in the last race? I yeah, for sure, certainly. Yeah. It was tricky uh, with him being emergency. Certainly, he has got a better chance of getting a run because of uh, if there's a scratching in either the Phillies or the Colts are going to final or that race so um, hopefully he, he does he's certainly got a lot of ability and uh, in that field if he did everything right he'd have a, a great show but yeah it's a bit tricky with the <laughs> having to do the drivers today so uh, that would be uh, a possibility for sure um, but yeah hopefully it, it you know Hopefully he does get a run, and we'll have to cross that bridge when it comes. When it comes. <laughs> Very good. Let's tick through Saturday night. You've got, um, I think, four drives in Vic Bread finals. We'll st- a couple of real outsiders. We'll maybe kick those off with uh, Nevada Yankee, race four, number 12. I, I imagine Rebecca Reese would be wrapped to have this horse through to the final. It's got, obviously, a tough draw, and I, I suppose you'll be looking for a quiet run and to see what uh, it can run on and, and achieve. Yeah, for sure. He certainly made the most of his uh, number one draw in, in his semi the other night. He probably ran the race of his life the other night. And uh, it, it did a great job to qualify. I think he paid $17 a place. So he was certainly the outsider. But um, the draw has obviously done him no favours. He sort of is just going to probably make up the numbers from the draw. But, you know, you never know in, in these races uh, what happens in the run. If they have a bit of speed on, he seems to whack away quite good. So, yeah, you know, you'll need a lot of luck. But uh, it is... Yeah, wrap for Beck that he's in there. Lara J. McRae's probably in a, in a relatively similar boat for you, Karen. Uh, for Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars, she'll uh, she'll probably need Coolola to do something wrong, but she's in that group of, of the next division of fillies that, you know, she can run well, but um, she'll need everything to go right to win. Yeah, pretty much, Like um, That's right. She, she's one that probably needed a good draw as well to, to sort of feature in the finish, but from, from that draw, she's going to need a hell of a lot of luck. But, yeah, again... Um, a nice filly, but probably just below the better one. And with the draw, it doesn't help her. But, you know, um, yeah, she, she wouldn't surprise if she ran a, a good race, but still probably can't weigh in. Okay, now let's knuckle down to business because these other two are extremely exciting. They've had great campaigns. Let's start with three summers who I said to Blake, actually, just before you jumped on, if you were just going off the last two runs and going by the draw, you'd have this clear favourite in this race. It's been a really impressive effort by three summers. Obviously, rack them up, Tiger Pie, the favourite looms pretty large. But um, how, how do you attack this one? You must be pretty excited. Yeah, he's a lovely horse. I've driven him a few times. Um, been lucky enough to drive him in, in a few races before the sires came up and uh, unfortunately, on that occasion, he, he he was stuck in the death and he over-raced a little bit. But this time in, he seems to have settled quite good. He's, he's certainly got plenty of talent, as he's shown of late. And um, 
the draw, I guess, it's a good draw, but it's still a tricky draw because there's so much uh, speed and good horses drawn around him. It's hard to know exactly where we'll end up after the first couple of hundreds. But if he sort of is handy, like he showed in the in the heat, he doesn't have to lead to to win. Um, he came off the speed there and and sprinted very good and, and obviously beat Rackham Up Tiger Pie, which is no easy feat to, to get past that horse because he's, he's a pretty tough horse. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just going to come down to how the races run, I think, and, and what luck you have. But he's certainly uh, up to his ears if uh, if everything goes right for him. The semi-final, Karen, I probably when I first looked at it, I thought it was an outstanding drive. You, you had enough left in the tank to hold off Tam Major, who eventually got onto your back. But when you go back and, and go through it, you actually did cop a fair bit of pressure and you went to war a little bit with Tam Major. So it wasn't as if, as if it was just a sit sprint and he was able to hold Tam Major. You, you did that work and he was still strong through the line. That's right. He did, he did come off the gate quite strong. Um, and, yeah, that I was sort of... Uh, Russell did say, look, if, if you're stuck in the day, if Tam Major comes, you know, happy for you to, to you know, have a crack for the front and... Don't be shy to do a bit of work on him because he, he can do that. So, yeah, I, uh, Puppet did go for a little while. We, I was starting to wonder whether I should be giving up. But, but look, he, uh, to the horse's credit, he, he did do a lot of work in that first lap. Got a, got a bit of a breather in the second quarter, obviously, but, but um, came home quite strong. And Tam Major's one who is hard to hold off. He's, he just keeps coming. So um, it was a really good effort. And then, of course, let's go on to I'm Sir Blake and the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, one of the really big showdowns, and he's a real wild card in this one. He's obviously got some, some real top-end talent and perhaps still learning the ways, perhaps compared to some of the Emma Stewart horses that have seen a lot of this racing. But um, how have you seen his campaign and his preparation for this final? Yeah, he's, he's, um, uh, yeah, he's, not, he's not my job him. He's a, a little bit of a pocket rocket. He certainly uh, has plenty of talent. He Early on, he certainly over-raced quite a bit in some of his races but uh, more because he just wants to get out there and, and do it so he's got a great attitude that way just uh, yeah in the, in the, he had every chance I suppose last week he certainly um, had a fairly nice run in front I know the times were quick but he's, he did do that pretty comfortably he cruises along at a high speed quite well um, and then just just fell wanting the last last hundred I suppose you'd say so but some good horses did did run him down so it wasn't like uh, he went that bad at all so got beat four metres I think and uh, I think he would benefit from the run he pulled up um, pulled up well but he did have a, a good blow and he certainly um, looked like he'd done well last week so I think uh, that will um, sharpen him up a bit and draws draws obviously not going to help a little bit going to be a bit tricky from there but he's, he's got the talent and he's got great speed which can win you these sort of races. You mentioned that speed, Karen, and while the draw doesn't look great on paper and, and you know, to to a small degree he was found out a little bit last week, is this the kind of race where if he can settle early you don't actually have to fire him off the gate? You can use that. I mean, we've seen him with incredible high speed when he's been safe for one run and you know uh, they're not going to walk in front. Is this the kind of race where you can just uh, try and get him to settle early and use that turn of foot? Uh, look, it, it, it is... Uh, I haven't talked to Leo about what he sort of what his thoughts are yet on what he wants to do. I said, like you said, he's, he can do either way. He can sort of come out pretty quick or he can use that speed at the end. So I guess we'll just have to sit down and have a bit of a look. But, yeah, there is a few options with him and um, he's, he's sort of not a one-trick pony. So, uh, yeah, we'll work that out before Saturday, hopefully, and, uh, and hope, yeah, hope everything goes well for him and he has a bit of luck because he, he can, can win it if, if he does get that luck.
actually did have a little chat with Leroy last night, actually, for a, an article we've got coming up, and he did suggest that uh, that early gate speed could be handy to, to push on Sir Blake forward and potentially try and find the pegs first or, or find the running line and then hand up. Obviously, it's preliminary discussion. I'm sure he'll be looking forward to talking to you as the race gets a little bit closer, Kez, but how does that sort of sit on your shoulders? Yeah, look, it's certainly um, an option to try. I mean, you, you've got to be pretty quick to get across horses of the calibre that are in this race, but but in saying that, the wider he draws, the quicker he is out. So, um, yeah, the, the only worry would be if he settled up, if you had to rev him off the gate. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'll have a bit of a better chat with Leroy about that, but it's certainly an option for sure. And very briefly, before we let you go, Karen, you've got Steampunk in at Horsham, um, incredibly talented horse, obviously one one of three starts in New Zealand. What can you tell us about the the horse? Look, he's uh, he's done nothing too wrong here since he's been here. He's, he's former New Zealand, pretty up and down. He's, <laughs> two of his runs he's been pretty awful, and one of them he won. So I'm hoping he brings the uh, the in between form. Uh, he's certainly working well enough to win win that race. He worked really nice yesterday. Really happy with his work. Uh, I, yeah, he's pacing good at home. Just hopefully he does that at the races, and he, he should go pretty close in that race. Good luck on the weekend. Thank you very much. Fantastic to have Karen Manning joining us. Some really good drives coming up. Some really important drives as well, particularly for those who are, I guess, going to be playing quaddies and things along those lines. Three summers is so important. Um, of course, Aleppo Jewel on Friday night's a really good chance. And I'm so Blake, one of the stories of the absolute carnival, because, of course, it was only a $4,000 purchase at the Shepherd and Sale for, for Leroy and Danny O'Brien, who have done such a great job with it. So... Uh, a lot to look forward to. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, and as you say, I'm Sir Blake's just an outstanding story. So hopefully he runs well on uh, on Saturday night. Absolutely. And, of course, he's how, how do you sort of see his maturation? Because one of the big challenges I've seen, one of the things I've really been impressed by all the Stuart horses is just how well put together they are, even as two-year-olds and definitely three-year-olds. And then you see some of the challenges will come from perhaps smaller stables and they just look a little bit more raw. Is that a perception you often see? It's interesting. I mean, Leroy O'Brien, uh, as I think he's been with spent time with Emma Stewart spent time with Karen Manning so he certainly learned from the best stables and the one thing that I think it's important to remember is he had a, a really tough run in the heat and he's had another really tough run in the semi-final so um even though he was um as I said earlier found out to a very small degree and uh, and beaten on his merits last time in the semi-final he's still a horse that's going to get better for that racing and he's going to be fresher at a different stage of his career and um and as I've sort of outlined maybe they will drive him more quietly on the weekend so That'll all play out, but um, yeah, he'll, he'll certainly develop for racing at that level. Well, joining us now, Patrick Ryan, another guest on uh, One Out, One Back this morning, Michael. Yeah, g'day. Fantastic to uh, have a chat with you, Patrick, of course, and good to have a, a trainer on who's got a couple of really nice trotters in as well as a, a pacer on Saturday night. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Yeah, no, it's a um, pretty exciting time, so hopefully all goes well. Yeah, no doubt. Well, look, first of all, we should just touch on your backstory. You've been in the game for about 35 years, you were telling me, just this week. But I guess you've been a bit more behind the scenes. You've done a lot of pre-training, a lot of breaking in for the likes of for David Aiken, but more recently in partnership with uh, Kevin Riley, a real, sorry, Kevin Risley, a really prolific owner who a lot will know from Lenny the Shark. Uh, you've sort of gone out on your own, and you must be really enjoying the success that's come with it. Yeah, well, success is pretty hard work, but we're getting there. Uh, I haven't really gone out in the own. I've sort of um, I'm doing the stable training for Kevin at the moment, and it's all going well. We did have a lot of horses with David, and was, um, he's done an awesome job with them. So we just decided to do a couple here. Actually, David was probably the one who got us to train him. He said, give Patrick a go. So 
typical Davey, just top bloke, and um, yeah, so we've been going okay. Tell us about these two trotting fillies, uh, Patrick, Dizzy's Jet and, and The Best Dream. They've both um, really made an impression, I guess you'd have to say, in their first handful of starts. Dizzy's Jet's drawn the front row. Um, what are your thoughts on their chances on Friday night? Um, their chances are very good. They've um, come through the last couple of weeks very, very good. and They're right at the top of the game. And Dizzy's Jet's off the front. and uh, She's a funny loss. Like she's, the other fillies um, always have been a bit too good for her at home. But um, Dizzy Jet seemed to go to the race and get the job done, and they're the sort of horses you actually want to race. But um, saying that, the best dream, if she can get a nice trailing run through, I'll give her a big chance as well. So they'll be put into the race at some stage, and um, hopefully it'll get well. Yeah, they're a little bit tricky, aren't they, the draws in some ways, I suppose. You'll, you have to rely a little bit on some of the work of others to, to open opportunities. Oh, for sure. And in two-year-old trots, there's always something happens. But saying that, probably three years ago, you'd probably expect three or four to gallop, but... These days, the trotters are getting that good, so I'm expecting most of them to be trotting the whole way. So, Dizzy Jet, I'm not sure where she'll land. She'll probably land midfield, I'd say, and uh, we'll have to work in the race at some stage and give them the chance because the other two, three fancy runners are drawn one, two, three, so it makes it a little bit tricky. It's uh, You're right, but Dizzy's Jet, just quickly, Patrick, you've mentioned Kevin Risley, and I think a lot of people will remember the mum of Dizzy's Jet, Dizzy Interest. She was uh, she was racing not so long ago, five or six years ago, for David Aiken, and good to see her produce a, you know, a, a talented filly. Yeah, she was a, she's a magnificent-looking animal, um, Dizzy Interest, which is, she was always a bit of a handful. Uh, she had a really bad habit of hanging, and um, but ability-wise, she was untapped, so I wouldn't be surprised if she does leave a few nice horses down the track. And, of course, your other that you'll have on Friday night is all the muscles, who was really impressive in his uh, semi... Uh, sorry, his heat. It's a heat in the, in the trotters. And I think you go in with a fair bit of confidence despite being drawn outside the front row. Yeah, I think outside the front row will probably suit him. He'll be out of the way a bit. And uh, David Moran can just um, decide what he wants to do, where he pushes forward or waits and then goes around him. But um, he is a very special horse, all the muscles. So we're just hoping he um, produces his best and shows everyone what he can actually do. I think he gave everyone a bit of a glimpse and uh, at Menangle in the New South Wales derby when he um, got held up, unfortunately, and screened home his last 213.1, which is pretty amazing. So he's got untapped ability. He's just done some quirky little things on his journey, but uh, hopefully gets it all right tomorrow night, and I think it's a huge chance. It's uh, it's quite an interesting um, division, Patrick. I mean, Dream Master and Kaivali Klishi Quinellad, the Breeders' Crown last year, but um, they're both sort of working back to their better form, you'd have to say. And uh, I know there's a very, I'm not going to name names, a learned gentleman in here that was very surprised all the muscles isn't favourite. Do you sort of, I mean, you know he's got the ability. Do you think he'll uh, he'll start closer to the favourite than he is right now? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. He probably will close to the favourite. probably because he's drawn out a little bit wide and the other couple have drawn nicely. So, but I wouldn't be, um, if we sit in the desk the whole way, I wouldn't be too fast about him because he's pretty strong. So, yeah, there's not much between them at the end of the day. The trotting race, they could do everything right. It's as simple as that. So if he does that, well, it's a huge chance. And before we say goodbye, we should touch on Stars by the Beach, your two-year-old filly who you have going around on Saturday night. I know it's really taken your eye, Blake. Yeah, well, she was she was just one of the eye-catchers in the semi-final. She's obviously in a very tough race and, uh, and drawn a, a poor barrier draw, Patrick, but she's got ability. Yeah, the draw's probably not so bad. I mean, Gemstone comes out of two, which will probably lead. Uh, we come out of six, and I'm not sure the three inside of me got all that much speed. And this filly's got um, blistering speed if we want to use her. And she sort of... We've led on her a couple of times in a couple of big races in Melbourne, and she brought herself undone by pulling pretty hard. 
and so we've changed a little bit of gear on so I expect to run a pretty forward race this week. Fantastic. Well, thanks a lot. All the best of it. It's going to be a couple of really good nights of Vic Bread Racing. Thank you very much. Almost time to wrap it up. Michael and Blake, a final word on what's coming up this week in this huge couple of nights. Well, we're joined by one of the great form analysts, so we'd be doing a disservice <laughs> to all the listeners if we didn't get uh, Blakey's best bet at this stage from Friday, Saturday night. What, what, what do you think? There's, there's some pretty good value around. Yeah, yeah. the one that's caught my eye is, uh, is on Friday night in the two-year-old Phillies division. Patrick Ryan just said it himself, in fact, that the favourites are drawn one, two, three in um, in his race. I'm ready Jet's actually $17, the pole marker, and uh, I think she'll run a good race based off her debut so that's probably the one I've, I've locked in on early I think Powder Keg's a really nice horse uh, in the race following that but is uh, is going to you know start a lot shorter so they're probably the two horses that I'm most keen on Getting quickly? Get, oh, I wouldn't say that, uh, I'd say you've got at least 24 hours before anyone, uh, anyone realises what's going on We'll keep on the pace with the HRV social media RSN as well, Michael and Blake uh, we'll speak to you again next week thanks for joining us Thanks Guzzi, thanks Andrew Want to hear one out, one back again? Head to iTunes, our Facebook page and the podcast page at rsn.net.au.